Okay. Um, well, no delegations, huh? No, no delegations. Well, let me just really quick say happy birthday, Jacob. Oh. Happy birthday. Thank you. Daddy. Okay. Shall we move on to the proposed consent agenda then? Um, do we have any questions, discussion? No, no, Nothing. no discussion. Well, the chair will entertain a motion. I'll move to approve the consent agenda. I'll second. Okay. Motion has been uh, moved and seconded. All those who uh, want to approve, say aye. 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 Okay, that sounds unanimous. So the proposed consent agenda passes. We'll move on to public comments. Yes, Mr. Thornton, I've got one here for you. Uh, <clears throat> this comes from one of our staff members, uh, Barb Nelson Thomas. Uh, and it was sent uh, today at about one o'clock. Uh, she wants to say, uh, thanks for the warm water in the second, third and fourth grade wings. Finally, students can wash their hands in warm water in those classrooms. Please turn on the warm water in the kindergarten and the first grade classrooms and not just in the office and the, and the bathrooms. If students are expected to wash their hands for 20 seconds, the water should not be cold. Barb Thomas. I'm sure that's something we're working on. Yes, it is. Okay, Mr. Dan, leave it up to him. All right, well then, how about board comments? I got nothing. Nothing here. I'll just thank, um, thank you to the people who attended the Zoom meeting for the levy committee. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, they really gave some very Good input. Really appreciated everyone who came to that. All right. Well, then, uh, I have nothing else to say either. I'll move. We can move on to unfinished business and uh, reopening update. I'm sure there's some excitement today. Yeah, there was. Thank you, Dale. Um, you know, Standard first thing in unfinished business, just to go over where we're at. Um, today was the first day that we were able to work with our third through fifth graders. Um, 
And I got to say, I got there pretty early this morning and, and got to walk around a lot, got to observe as, as kids were coming into the building. The kids were amazingly compliant, at least from what I, I was able to watch. The teachers were excited. I saw a lot of smiling faces from staff members, as always. And, and it was, uh, I dare say, a fairly well-oiled machine uh, as far as entering the, entering the building and getting their temperature scan and, and getting the attestation notes from parents. Um, it, was, it was very smooth, especially for a first day. I know that uh, I'm sure if you ask the staff and you, if you ask Mr. Williams, there were probably lots of butterflies and things of that nature, but uh, from someone on the outside looking in, it, it really did go, go amazingly smooth for the first day and especially bringing everybody back at once meaning all, th all three grades, but, uh, you know, kids started to, to line up much like the first day at the, at the primary building. Kids were there early and so were parents and um, a, lot of, a lot of laughing going on amongst the kids and parents were smiling. So it was, a, it was an excellent day at the intermediate school and the elementary as a whole. So um, I'm sure there were issues. I, I didn't personally see any and I, I didn't get any emails uh, from anybody about anything that, uh, that flipped upside down or things that didn't work or anything like that. Um, like I said, when I, when I saw kids coming in and kids getting led to the rooms, everything was, was as it should be. So it was, it was a great day at the elementary as a whole, but especially getting the intermediate kids back. Excellent. Realistically, um, you know, we're, we're continuing to move forward with the plan. And uh, um, I think that, that as we're moving forward, we're going to just simply watch what's going on this week, especially making sure that the things that seem to have gone very, very well at the primary grades carry over into the three, five. And then, you know, early next week, we'll start discussion about the next, the next step in, in phasing. And that's moving up, moving up to the uh, middle school and seeing, seeing how that's going to go. And I know that uh, in conversations I had um, today with some folks that planning's going on, it's been going on and, and, uh, it's just a matter of uh, one step at a time and uh, not skipping any steps and certainly not taking anything for granted because we know that just because something is working right now today doesn't mean it'll work the same way tomorrow. So we need to be vigilant on our processes and protocols and make sure we're doing the right thing. But, you know, knock on wood, if anybody can, uh, it was an excellent first day. Did, did we have any talk of people with COVID or, or anybody that might have had it or any kind of uh, rumors? No, we've, we've heard some things. Um, we've had zero uh, kids at school who have, have been symptomatic that we've had to exclude. Um, I know Ms. Hansen got a phone call today from a student who was here last week. Um, and late in the day confirmed that that student had come in positive. Um, so I was on with the Department of Health this afternoon. So we'll be sending a letter home with the primary students tomorrow just to let them know we had a positive case, but it was not a case that, that uh, occurred at school, nor was it one where um, 
any symptoms were occurring at school, the student passed our attestation and passed a temperature check. And it wasn't until the parents kept them home um, and tested actually a, another member of the family that uh, they determined the student was positive. So, so all in all, knock knock on wood again. Um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a good time to say though that we're <clears throat> we're not operating with, uh, with the understanding that there's not going to be any cases. It's a matter of we know there will be, and it's simply a matter of reacting properly, quickly, and getting that information out and making sure that everybody's in the know. All righty. Yep. I I happen to know of a couple families that are staying home and and you know quarantining. Mm -hmm. We thank him for it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. If there's nothing else, we'll move on to the athletics update. Uh, yes. So we, we just finished our, our first week of regular athletic training. Um, I see that Mr. Denbor is on the line here and, and ask if, uh, David could unmute Mr. Denbor just to give us a few, a few statements about how athletic training is going. Yeah, thanks for letting me speak for a moment here. Uh, we had volleyball start last week. They felt the most prepared and ready to go, and the other ones wanted to take a little bit of time. So we have uh, girls, vol or, uh, girls basketball and football started today. So I was at both of those. Uh, both did a really good job of making sure screening the kids and um, six feet and all that good stuff. So social distancing all going on. Just the new norm of, of uh, having their phone or computers there, screening everybody. So doing a good job. We have uh, wrestling planning on tomorrow. Uh, we have cheer planning on uh, Wednesday. Uh, we have a couple more sports too. So yeah, everything's going well so far. I think parents and kids are both just uh, ready to be active again and be in front of their coaches and coaches are excited to be in front of their kids. So it's starting to seem a little more normal. So they're excited about that. Thank you, Lance, appreciate it. I think any any time that we're able to to recreate that sense of normalcy is going to go a long way for the social emotional health of our kids. That's for darn sure. Um, but I also would like to commend Lance and uh, Clay at the high school both because they really did uh, get everything uh, in order so that all the protocols would be followed. It was hopefully fairly easy for coaches to do so and then jump right in. So. They did a nice job. I think it's uh, it is a good point, though, to remind um, remind the board as well as as anyone who's out there listening. You know, with, this is a replication of our summer program, and um, it it will come up in a in a later discussion. So I think it's, it'd be a good idea that right now our coaches are are working under our summer rules, which means that they're not, they're not under uh, an athletic contract. They're not getting paid for, for working out with the kids right now. This is all on them. So, you know, thanks to the coaches for, for getting out there. I know the kids appreciate it. Um, but I know there were, there were a few rumblings uh, that I heard about that, you know, if, if we're able to pay coaches now and, and why can't we in the future? And I just wanted to put it out there that, that this is their this is their deal that they're working off of right now, just like they do in the summer, every summer. So uh, thanks to them for doing that. And uh, hopefully we're going to be able to 
give the board some updates soon about the potential for uh, you know actual sports, um, and some of that again will come up later. Any questions? All right. Well, I'm glad to see activity. I bet everybody else is too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, if there's nothing else, we'll move on to new business. Okay. Our first order is the KBEA contract. Yeah, uh, members of the board, this is a little later than normal, um, and I apologize for that. But with the reopening and, and things getting shuffled, um, we, we got this done, and quite frankly, I should have had done it until you sooner. Um, but as it is, I, I would like to present the KBEA contract for your approval. Um, it is a one-year only contract, um, given the times that we're, we're going through right now. Um, I think everybody involved with, um, with negotiations and any contractual issues whatsoever right now were of the understanding it would be best to simply um, put off a lot of discussion for uh, any potential changes to the, to the large contract as a whole. So we did agree with just a one-year only. Um, and the biggest, the biggest change was um, the negotiation of the 1.6% IPD, the uh, inflationary price in the D escapes me, but I know it's, it's for lack of a better term, the, the cost of living that is a flow through from the state to the district. Um, so that is not a, that is not a 1.6 above anything that the state is providing. That's what the state is providing. So. That is a flow through to the to the KBA, um, and with that, unless there are any other questions, will I would uh, ask the board for their approval on that. Pete, one one question. I don't know. I I blinked off and I didn't hear anything there at the end. But the, the question I have is, where did the six hundred and thirty hours uh, come? for the benefits? Uh, there, that was uh, held up actually at the state level. Um, there was no, there were, there were attempts to bring the 630 hour for qualification for SEB into play well before it ever came to the local level. Um, suffice to say that that did not make it out of committee uh, at the legislative level. Um, and so the, the 630 hours will remain as the, the qualifying number for any employee uh, to gain benefits. So that's been, that's been understood based on, on the state's requirements? Correct. Okay. Why wasn't it in the contract before? I just- um, At the time that we finished the last contract, um, the SEB language, ironically from the state itself had not been finalized. And so we agreed that whatever legal ramifications that um, SEB involved, we simply agreed to those legalities and in a statement in the prior contract, whereas this year uh, we had all that language ready to go. So we went ahead and included it. From a functional standpoint, it, it didn't change anything about how we're doing business, any qualifications or, or um, anything like that. Okay, sounds good.
Dale, you're muted. Was the 630 hours new last year? Yes, it was. Okay. I enjoy talking to myself. <laughs> Any other questions or discussion? Well, the chair would entertain a, a motion to approve. I move to approve the KBEA contract. I'll second. All those in favor say aye. 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 That's all of us. So uh, that passes unanimous. We'll move on to the levy discussion. Yeah, thank you again, Dale. I appreciate that. Um, first, let me start off by saying that we had a we had a very good conversation um, at the levy committee meeting that we had last Thursday evening, um, and there were a lot of excellent points that that were brought up. I think for anyone who who missed that meeting, obviously the the biggest item that we had to come to grips with is simply the idea that um, while we understand at this point, you know, we're currently operating without a levy, um, there obviously will be a time that we're going to go back out. This is not something that is going to stay status quo. We're going to go back out to our community and ask for a levy in one shape or another. And uh, as we had discussed in prior levy meetings throughout the summer and or then into fall, we wanted to get back together at the beginning of November because uh, that would leave us with our next <clears throat> our next um, school board meeting on the 23rd when we could uh, push through a resolution if we wanted to have a levy appear on the next um, the next ballot opportunity, next election opportunity, which would be February 9th of 2021. And so, uh, as I said, there was a lot of very good discussion and uh, I'm really happy that uh, the Hatley family, looks like they were able to make it tonight. Um, the Hatleys were some of our community folks who were able to make the meeting and, and again, had very good points. Um, you know, I think before the committee, there was really just the, the idea of, not a matter of if we run another levy, but a matter of when. And as I said, we had the February 9th as an option. We have April 15th as an option. Um, and then the next levy opportunity after that is gonna be August. And there were a lot of, a lot of things that, that went into the discussion. And uh, Julie, as the chair of that committee, and obviously the Hatleys are here, if, if either of you two would like to, to make any points before I, I go forward, I'd invite you to. Hello. Yeah, thanks for inviting us to this. Um, I guess the points that I made last Thursday is about the same. Um, with the election that just went on that is obviously not now going to even be over to January, February, I think the public's going to be pretty burnt out 
on elections and voting. And I think we'll have a lot better chance in like April. Um, it will also give us a better chance to have more time to get it out to the public. Um, and then, um, you know, just in the middle of winter, right after Christmas, I was thinking, and as opposed to springtime, I think we have a lot better chance then. <laughs> so. And I know. Yeah. Oh, I am. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, that was just the general consensus, consensus that I got from the committee, you know, a lot of people gave their input, but um, overall, it just seems like uh, we're just in uncertain times with COVID right now with the elections that um, just happened. Um, like Mr. Hatley said, it's just kind of like a burnout. Um, most initiatives aren't being passed by voters in Washington state. And um, there's just a lot of factors I think could negatively impact the levy if we were to run it in February. Um, so I think, you know, my recommendation would be waiting um, probably till April and um, hopefully our economy picks up a little bit more and things are opened up more. Um, we have our hybrid model in full swing. So um, I think delaying till then would probably give us the best results. I think one of the factors that, uh, that was well discussed uh, among the, the group that was there last Thursday evening was the idea that um, not only do we have this, this effect of the, the ongoing uh, waiting that's coming with the current election that just occurred, but with moving forward, um, you know, so much of what we really want to do and quite frankly, what we should be doing is around the idea of, of being able to meet with people on a personal level. And I felt very, I felt that the district was hamstrung from the standpoint of, we were unable to have any, any group gatherings virtually whatsoever. And, and no pun intended, I guess the only ones we could do were virtual. So, um, and that really isn't, isn't the most effective, effective way for us to go about uh, talking to our community about uh, the, the best ways for them to, to release tax dollars to us, quite frankly. Um, the one thing I would, I would say is that, you know, the delay or any delay in, of any of the three dates, whether it be February, April, or August, is not going to impact our collection overall of, of levy funding. <clears throat> so we're not going to be putting ourselves behind an eight ball any more than we already have, quite frankly, as far as, as collection goes. Um, I think that it really was the consensus of the committee itself. And I appreciate uh, Mr. Hatley and, and Ms. Renschmidt, you know, concurring with that was that, you know, with, with as much as we are wanting and hoping to get out of our next levy, um, we felt like it would be a, a very serious, if, if not an un, insurmountable uh, ask to try and get an approval in the February timeframe. Um, quite frankly, it would 
we wouldn't hardly we would hardly not even slow down from where we are right now to go into full levy mode and and again i think it's it i think it was a wise idea to suggest that we need to let the let the remnants of this election fade as much as we can before we we talk about uh uh, levying taxes again. So um, there's not a need at this point for the board to take any action um, except uh, for us to simply understand that we would be more than likely tonight just tabling the issue until such time that uh, we put it back on the agenda to bring forward another discussion. Um, in the meantime, uh, another of the, the ideas that came out of our our committee meeting was the idea that this is a time when we can get some some fairly serious survey work done with the community as a whole. Um, I was able to to get the results um, that we had posted uh, for the survey that um, has been on the website the last two weeks and I'll forward that those results like it like I sent you the last time. Um, but so far from the high school and middle school community athletic survey, you know, we had a total up to this point of 131 respondents. Um, and as you go through there, you know, one of the things, one of the points that was, that was brought up was around the, the levy funding and whether folks are truly aware that, that the levy was paying 100% uh, for our extracurricular activities and sports and is not supported by state funding. So even with that alone, we had about 45% of the respondents who, who were unaware that it was 100%. Um, I think most people were aware that it had an impact, but I don't think to the degree that, that uh, we were advertising. Um, we did have a fairly positive uh, response, about 67%. Um, of our respondents said that they would be willing to drive our kids um, to away contests to save us on some transportation dollars. Um, then we, the one that I thought was, was telling, and I think it's a reflection of our community as a whole and not necessarily of any um, unwillingness to try and help out, but of the, of the folks it was split almost 50-50 as to whether or not um, folks would be willing to pay even a $50 sports fee. Um, the one thing that we did discuss is, is with the potential for changes in how ASB funding is used and the potential for how uh, fees and uh, fines and everything else that, that are usually happening behind the scenes of a, of a high school with with certain legislation that's being proposed and is from everything I've heard very likely to, to pass is that any student who qualified for free and reduced lunch would not have to pay those types of activity fees, whether it be for an athletic activity or whether it be for an art activity or anything out there that required a participation fee or a pay to play as it's called. Um, so realistically, even if we were to institute a, a pay to play option as was in place for a number of years and only just appeared around five years ago, um, even, even at a $50 rate, we wouldn't even be able to collect as much as, much as we were five years ago. So um, one of the things that, that we did talk about again in committee was just the idea that 
Um, we need to make sure that we have a funding source that's consistent and we certainly don't want to be reliant on our, our families who are able to afford payments to then incur an increasing and increasing percentage of the costs for, for participation. So um, a majority of our respondents um, responded that they would prefer to see varsity and uh, JV sports, not simply a varsity. Um, this one was though a little bit of an insight inciting because uh, uh, there was about a 47% response that said our, our students would not be playing sports this year um, as a result of, of COVID and some of the restrictions. Um, we did have about 40% of our returns that said they would be willing to work as part of a committee to discuss funding options for this year. Um, so I know that that's something that Mr. Denbor and Mr. Henry are, are going to want to be a part of as well. So while we didn't get the overall response, we did advertise this as a, as a survey for parents, but I think probably our next step is to broaden that out even and, and get as many community members at large to be able to, to respond because certainly in a community such as ours, we're looking at you know, athletics has been more than simply uh, for the athletes. Um, this is a community event that occurs on Friday nights, regardless of the sport. So we need to make sure that we're we're taking all all of our constituents into account when we're when we're asking for their input. So, you know, based on that information, I think that um, my my initial response and my initial recommendation to the board was that we're gonna to need to keep this, I think, at the top of our list of, of to-dos and of things that we need to pay attention to. But at this time, I certainly uh, couldn't recommend to the board, given our responses, that uh, we move forward with a recommendation for a, for a resolution to move to a February 9th election for a special levy. And I'd be happy to take any thoughts, concerns, questions, anything you'd like. My only thought is uh, we need to be ahead of our governor because I have no doubt he's going to institute some more taxes. And so uh, we want to be before he is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we would uh, we would get on the, the loudspeakers early and often when we were discussing the difference between state level taxation and our, our locally approved and locally determined uh, taxes through a, through a school levy. Absolutely, yep. Dale. Yeah, it seems okay, to me that a lot of people no were... Oh, sorry. I just wanted to make a quick comment. It seemed to me that a lot of people were con confused in that their property taxes went all to us. Um, I don't know if you, if you addressed any of that, Julie, or not, but... Um, Obviously, all of our property taxes go to the state, and then the state doles them out as they see fit. And that's something that it'd help if people understood. Yep, I agree with that. And of course, I don't think anyone was helped at the same time that, that we're asking for a locally determined special levy that um, property taxes as such uh, here in the county 
um, that stretches well beyond Benton City also were, were heavily impacted across the board. So again, a lot of education, I think, uh, which quite frankly is gonna be one of the advantages for us being able to move this to an April or an August um, to get ahead of that. Any other comments? Okay, um, let's move on to snow days. I think yeah, that's coming. Oh, thanks, Dale. And this shouldn't be, be too long of a discussion. I've, I've broached the topic with the board before. And, um, you know, realistically, although I'm not looking for a, for a formal vote on this, I would like to get some feedback publicly from any of the members. Um, we've had discussions in the past around the idea that with the, with the relative level of success um, that we've had in online capabilities throughout the district, um, and the, the abilities of a majority of our students to get to an online scenario rather quickly. Um, the idea has come up and of course is, is subject to bargaining with our, our units, but the idea of creating schedules um, where our school is not simply automatically canceled for a snow day, um, where we could pivot very quickly um, to an online schedule for a day uh, if it were to occur for snow or ice um, and then be able to have that day count as an instructional day. One of the, one of the things about living in Eastern Washington, especially um, down South here is, you know, we get frequent ice storms and um, as you guys know, and many people do, Dan is up at <clears throat> four o'clock and I'm usually up about the same time and we're checking forecasts and weather. And when the decision finally comes to cancel a day, one of the first things people think about is when is that, that next opportunity for us to make this up or is this going to extend the school year? And I think as, as many of you know that have had kids go through a school system, you know, we, we tend to make plans and parents tend to make plans for the end of the school year, uh, seeing what the calendar is that we send out in August and uh, oftentimes we'll schedule vacations. I know that from a, from a staff standpoint, that also is true. I mean, people look to the end of the calendar and say, okay, I'm gonna start making my plans for uh, family vacations and, and other opportunities shortly thereafter. So by going to a snow day that we could pivot into an online learning atmosphere, uh, the main advantage that that would have for us is um, kids would be able to to pick up, you know, right where they left off, hopefully, uh, with what they were doing in class. Um, teachers would be able to continue as, as they had planned, albeit in an online environment. Uh, but then we wouldn't have to have a steady stream of questions about, are we going to have to fill out waivers this year? Are we going to extend the school year? Is it going to impact graduation? Um, what would it take um, for us to have to not come back on a Monday versus getting out on a Friday and how many days is it going to be. Um, this is not simply a topic that, that we're talking about here in Benton City. This is a, this is a region-wide topic and I imagine that at some point soon it will be a topic that most school districts look to as an option to eliminate some of the 
uncertainty that occurs whenever you start seeing snowflakes and wondering about, is it really a day we need to cancel or can we just go late or is it a two hour and why don't we have a three hour schedule and all the different scenarios with this, it would be, albeit a learning experience, but one that, um, that we could pivot into that online experience and, and at least give it a shot to see how it worked and see that we were able to continue learning on days like that, along with not having to ask any students who normally would walk to school to do so in the snow or ice. Um, there are a lot of positives to it. There are obviously some negatives as far as to how quickly, you know, people are able to adjust back and, and whether or not they're, you know, you, if you haven't turned on your computer in a month or two and all of a sudden you're being asked to, there's all sorts of glitches that can happen there as David can attest to. Um, but those are things I think we can overcome. So again, I'm not looking for any necessarily an approval, but I'd love your ideas and, um, and then I can move forward at least to, to gauge interest on the part of our bargaining units and, and our families and, and see if this is something we can get behind. I know this is coming at a time when, goodness, we're hoping to get out of online learning to the highest degree possible. Um, but at the same time, we've never had a chance when there was something else we could do uh, to prevent a snow day or prevent a calendar change or, or a few calendar changes from a, from a snow day. So I would just open it up and ask for any questions and, and hopefully uh, I'll be able to answer them. Have you had other uh, superintendents approaching the same subject? I mean, have you talked with others, conferred with other school districts? Yeah, it seems mainly to be, um, let's just say that the, the smaller schools are the first ones who are going out with the idea because I think that there's simply less of a system to try and impact. Um, you know, if you're a, a school district with over 10,000 kids, you know, that's a, that's a much heavier lift for us to discuss making a shift like that. Um, whereas for us, I, I, I have a lot of pride in saying that our teaching staff um, worked extraordinarily hard to make online learning as successful as could be this fall. And uh, while I know they were anxious and are anxious to get kids back in person at the same time, um, I think that the opportunities for them to continue learning once they get started again and to not have, have the, <clears throat> the, the question, you know, at uh, six o'clock in the morning of what if, Am I going to school? Am I not? Am I going to be able to, to give this quiz? Am I not going to be able to? What Those types of questions would, would get allayed to some degree. So um, I know that Finley and Burbank have both um, put it in the process to take to their board as it happens that uh, Benton City was simply the first one to have a, a board meeting coincided with our discussions. So as a matter of point, I get to, I get to report back to the, some of the other schools and let, let them know how the discussion went. Well, I definitely think it's something to look into. I think our, you know, our staff and our students have, um, this is probably a great year to test it out <laughs> since we're all familiar with it. And I, I do know, you know, <clears throat> on 
a typical snow day or a delay day, your attendance is usually or in the class. Eddie, could you send Julie a text and let her know that she's kind of frozen at the moment? I did manage to hear one of Julie's points was talking about attendance and the lack of consistent attendance on any day that we do cancel school. Um, and that was a point that she brought up in our in our agenda meeting. And it's a it's a true statement. You know, anytime that we have inclement weather, we are going to have a number of students who simply don't make it to school, regardless of whether we have school or not. So for some of those folks who may not want to come down off a mountain or otherwise, it could be a good opportunity for them to stay stay where they're at, but also uh, getting an education at the same time. How adequate is our uh, teachers for teaching from home? Well, I think that'd be a conversation that I'd want to bring up uh, at our next labor and management meeting uh, with our teachers just to, to get an idea of, of, you know, like I said, everybody right now is kind of getting in the transition mode of coming back, especially at our elementary level. So, um, I'm not sure how receptive everyone would want to be to, to potentially flipping the switch and having to go back online. Um, I think that once we once we actually test it out and do it a couple of times, I mean, heck, we've tested it out for a few months, for lack of a better term, but at the same time, being able to pivot that quickly, I don't think most of our teachers are going to have a huge, huge issue with doing that. I think, I think the real question is going to be, again, how does it impact our students who are unable to get online and how does it impact our, our, our most needy students who really can only benefit from an in-person experience. Um, those are certainly things that we'd have to consider. Well, I know I would totally support it. Well, if if there are really aren't any other questions, it's like I said, I don't need to I don't need to ask for an approval or anything. But I will take this back to then to uh, to our staff members and try and get an idea of of how receptive they are to that type of a type of an operation. I think it's got some definite positives. Um, and gosh, it's 2020, so we might as well try everything we can out now. Is, is there a chance we could put a little survey on the? website and ask the parents what they think? Yeah, I think we can. There shouldn't be a problem with that. <clears throat> and you know where I stand, Pete. I just think kids grow up so fast. And I know it sounds probably really silly, but I think snow days are something they look forward to. And if we use the three that are built into the calendar and then from that point forward, go online, that would personally be my but I'm not a teacher, so I'm probably gonna get outvoted and that's fine, but I just, I don't know. I just think they need to be kids while they have the opportunity to be kids. Yep. So go play in the snow. And I realize they're not on online school six hours a day. I get that too. They can go play whenever they're done. I don't know. I just think when you're seven years old and you're waiting for that snow day and you get to sleep in or stay home or go build a snowman, you should have, you should be able to do that. But that's just me. Yep. 
I understand, and I, I have no doubts that that will be a, a recurring theme amongst some folks. So I'm, I'm not going to put any doubt on that. The idea of knowing that June 10th or whatever is the last day of school because we can go online is nice to know as well. So I understand that side of it as well. Well, I'll work with David and get a quick survey uh, set up and uh, get some community reaction as well as get some information from our own staff and see what see whether it's even worth moving forward and having a formal conversation. So I can report back at the next board meeting on the 23rd. Sounds good. Okay. All right, that sounds fair. Uh, if there's no other comments, can we move forward to the fall conference early, early release for COVID? Yes, uh, th thank you again, Dale. Um, this is a, an item that I had emailed uh, members of the board on last week and had a chance to speak with our administrators who then had a chance to speak with, with our teaching staff. And the, the main thing tonight that I'm gonna bring you is just to ask you for a, for a calendar revision approval. And that is simply to, to not have fall conferences as they are scheduled at the elementary level, the K-5 level, um, and take the three early release days on November 20th, November 23rd, and November 24th, and put those back as regular school days for the elementary K-5. What that would allow is simply for our teaching staff and our kids who are just now getting used to coming back in general, allow them to just have some consistency over those three days that would match what we're currently doing. And uh, we would still keep our early release <clears throat> on the 25th, it's the day before Thanksgiving. So we would work up a schedule for that um, and understand that we would not have uh, both our AM and PM session in that, but uh, at least for the 20th, 23rd and 24th, just have it revert back to a full day and keep it status quo with, with our current re-entry plan and, and allowing our kids to come to school those three days. The secondary, which is online at this point and will still be online at that point, just allowing them to then have online conferences via Zoom, via Teams, uh, via phone if necessary, uh, have conferences still, in a, still occur for the secondary teachers, but only in an online virtual format um, as that's the way that everybody has been communicating now to begin with. So I just don't think it's fair for, for the elementary two to, you know, you've only been back with kids in some cases, three weeks, in some cases one, and then uh, try and make any, any determinations about their success or lack thereof based on what they've seen from the kids in person. So I think anything we can do to normalize the day for our staff and our students right now, quite frankly, is a, is a good thing. I agree. I assume you've spoke with um, staff, teachers about that, and they're all on board? Uh, yeah, I, what I did is I went through the administrators first, and they, <clears throat> especially at the elementary level, went to their EAC committees and brought that up. And the report back that I got from both Chris and CD was that they were wholeheartedly in favor of keeping the schedule as it is and not having any anything new, anything funky, trying to just level it out for right now and keep the 25th but everybody knows the day before thanksgiving is an early release and has been since dale was in school so 
And uh, so we'll, we'll keep it at that. But I think the continuity, quite frankly, was the most important thing and not saying, okay, folks, especially our community that was anxious to get our kids back into school and all of a sudden announce a few half days just kind of seemed like uh, going against what we were trying to accomplish. I agree. So with the board's approval, and if you decide to approve it tonight, I would simply uh, work with Heidi the, on the on the revised calendar and pa on paper and get that sent out electronically and on our website tomorrow. Um, if that's if that's where you're allowing us to go, I say definitely. When I went to school, we didn't have these half day CRT days. None of that stuff. You stayed till it was done. It was like 12 hour days when Dale was in school. Well, I'm sorry, Dale, I shouldn't have brought that up. <laughs> there actually wasn't Thanksgiving when Dale was in school. It was prior to Thanksgiving. <laughs> sorry, Dale. <laughs> That's okay. So, um, <laughs> do you have a proposed calendar ready? Or did, I guess it's just a modification to yeah, and that was quite frankly was one of the one of the reasons I wasn't sure whether or not we even needed to bring it to the board's attention. But given it's a past practice that for a calendar revision or a calendar change we have, it does not change any days though as far as contact days, as far as work days or anything else like that. We're simply extending the day for the elementary to be able to meet in person with both of their groups. Everything else will remain the same. Uh, if if you guys want to vote on it, and I'll entertain a motion to to approve. I don't have any problem with it. I'm going to move to accept the three days uh, put back onto the calendar. Do we have I'll a second? second. Was that okay. Clark? Sorry. It was Clark. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. That was Thank me. You. And I'll second, Heidi. All in favor say aye. 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 That sounded like uh, all of us, so I that would approve that one. That was five. <clears throat> okay, let's move on to the lunch delivery change. Yeah, and this is an FYI as much as anything. Um, you know, I've, I've been extremely proud of the fact that our, that our transportation department and especially our food services department has worked extraordinarily hard to be able to deliver lunches while school is out, as well as offer pickup lunches for our kids. Uh, both last spring, continuing through the summer, and, and now continuing into the fall, and hard to believe it's continuing into the winter. But one of the, one of the consequences, quite frankly, of being able to reopen school, even in a hybrid model, is the fact that our, our food services and our transportation are being stretched extraordinarily thin. And with the, with the onset now of our grades three through five, we simply don't have the, the staff on in either of those departments to keep up a full-blown delivery model as well as a full-blown uh, pickup model uh, at our sites and feed the kids that we have in school, or at least to send them home with lunches. So 
while this is certainly open to discussion, um, our plan is at this point to announce tomorrow will be our last day of formal delivery of lunches on our bus routes, um, which would then allow for another day because of course there's no school on Wednesday. Um, if any specific individual uh, circumstances arose that we had to rethink anything, we would give us a couple days to be able to address that. But quite frankly, our focus at the moment needs to be keeping our, our pickup available for folks who are able to drive and come in and then focus on transporting our students to and from school. Um, and those kids, of course, will be sent home with lunches. Today and tomorrow, our kids are going to, we, we sent some extra lunches along the way under the premise that if there were some siblings that needed some lunch, we could hand those to the, the kids as they depart the bus and get off and take them home with them. Um, Jennifer's going to give me a report tomorrow as, as far as how many of those actually returned to us tonight. Um, but the simple fact is, is that, you know, it's one, it is one of the consequences of coming back is we can't, can't double shift. Uh, with regards to serving lunches. And so um, in past summers, uh, this was actually the first summer that we've ever had any type of delivery service. So it's not something that is out of the ordinary. Uh, quite frankly, the delivery service in general was something we were, we were very fortunate to be able to do in the first place. Um, but with that, I, I'd open it up to any comments or questions or concerns. Um, just with the idea that as we bring kids back, we've got to we've got to take care of the kids that are in our hallways first. Well, just to go off first, I, um, being having the kids at school is the most important um, goal that we could have. The lunch delivery was nice, and I I would think that if there's somebody in desperation, we could find a way to get them lunches or a way to meet somebody somewhere. All they have to do is call. And even if a volunteer can jet a lunch to somebody. Um, and I, and I understand that the, the pickups will still be available. Uh, correct. Yes. So really it's just the nicety of having the lunch delivered to the bus stops. Yep. Some things have to be sacrificed to keep us moving forward. So, Mr. Thornton, as long as there are no other changes, that's really all I have on that discussion. Okay. Any other comments? Okay, well, that ends our our regular meeting. Okay. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, Dale. Go ahead, Julie. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, want to make sure the word gets out to our families. I'm a little concerned that it's just one day notice. And so um, I guess it's a two day notice if we think about Veterans Day, but just so parents know that they do have the opportunity to request lunches coming home from the younger kids, correct? Yeah, in as much as we can, um, the the logistics of trying to determine which kid gets how many lunches, and quite frankly, asking some of our younger students to take home maybe three or four could be problematic at best um, for us and for the young person who's heading home at the time. So, 
I think really realistically what we need to be prepared for is just for those those cases where there's an outlying issue um, and they need some help that they were unable to foresee and, and certainly something that we can try and accommodate but not maybe on a permanent basis or at least one for the rest of the year. I, I can't speak highly enough of what they've done in food services and transportation to make all of this stuff happen. Um, I think though we tried, we tried some uh, opportunities today and will again tomorrow. Um, if there's a way for us to continue anything, I'm, I'm sure that we, we will. But the simple fact is that it's a, it's a law of diminishing returns at some point. I think we also need to be very, very clear that pickup is still available. It's not like we're right. not feeding these kids anymore. There's the, just the ability to get them to them is going to change. Yep, exactly. Yep. Okay, well, we'll move forward. Um, we're gonna have an executive session uh, pursuant to the RCW law that uh, for personnel matters, um, 30 minutes, and then we'll have some business to follow for anybody that wants to stick around and and uh, participate in the ending of our meeting. So, but we'll go into executive session now. <laughs>